Hello, I'm Steve Corbin, and welcome to Revelation Health, where we will open your eyes to the often confusing world of health and health insurance. It is our goal to provide you with the information you need in a way you can understand to give you the confidence to be a better advocate for you and your family. We are brought to you by the Kingdom Health Group, a nonprofit organization whose mission it is to help working families in the Pioneer Valley overcome the financial burden caused by medical debt. Today we're going to focus on some reports that are out there uh, available to you, go over some data, just really helping us to fully comprehend what we're up against when it comes to the financial burden of medical debt. Um, the first one I want to bring up is a 2022 Gallup poll where we're it's just really focused on the record high numbers um, of medical you know, people who are putting off medical care due to debt or due to cost actually it's not even they're not even accumulating the medical debt they're just aware of the the cost of the medical debt um, so they're just avoiding care 38 percent of people in this poll stated that they have actually put off care due to the cost of care and 27% of those that responded said the care that they were putting off was very serious in nature. Now, that's those are kind of uh, some scary statistics, right? 38% of people aren't getting the care they need, and of that, 27% of that care is very serious. Um, when asked about some of the key factors um, in making that, that really uh, one of the main focuses was the inflation that we're experiencing right now, um, where the high cost of everything cost of living is really going up across the board um, and it's really causing some financial strains um, so again this is some staggering numbers there when we're looking at that um, people just aren't getting the care they need um, the other poll that we looked at too is the kaiser family foundation um, looking at the overall premiums of health care that we're paying most of us get uh, health insurance through an employer where we're paying the premiums out of our paycheck on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. Um, and that's a contributing factor as well when we start looking at um, that amount of money that's coming out of our paycheck. Um, and those premiums have actually increased over 40% in the last 10 years. So if you were paying you know, $200 out of your paycheck you know, 10 years ago, now you're paying almost 500. You know? And on top of that, on top of what's coming out of your paycheck, the average deductible and um, we'll go into some details regarding some medical terminology as we move forward in this podcast. But um, as far as deductible, that's really what you have to pay out of your pocket before the insurance even really kicks in. Um, and so the average deductible on health insurance in Massachusetts right now is $2,500. So on top of the $500 on average that's coming out of your paycheck um, on, a, on a biweekly or weekly basis, you, you still have to pay $2,500. Um, before your care even comes into play. Now, I mean, that's for things like hospitalization and imaging. Um, most of us have access to office visits uh, at a copay, um, but still, that's a, that's definitely a financial burden. If I needed to go get a, uh, a shoulder MRI, knowing that I had to pay $2,000 out of my pocket, quite frankly, who has $2,000 sitting in the bank account right now that they could use to pay for that MRI? Um, it's just, it's it's definitely a burden. Um, in February of 2022, the uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, it's a, um, a branch of the federal government, they did a uh, survey where they looked at data um, throughout the course of 2021 and 2022 that really was focused on, on medical debt. Um, and through this study, they realized that there's $88 billion, and that's with a B, billion dollars in medical debt 
that's actually showing up on people's credit records. Um, now, since not all medical debt actually shows up on your credit report, the that number is pr probably twice as high. You know, so we're looking at 88 billion. We're probably looking somewhere more in the lines of 180 billion dollars in medical debt because if we're just looking at the consumer credit records, it, it's not reflective of all the debt that's in there. Um, most of that medical debt on the on the consumer credit reports is under $500. Um, although many people with medical debt have multiple medical debts on collection. So they're really just looking at that on a kind of line by line. So each line, so you owe out here in Western Mass Bay State Medical Center, you owe them $500. Now you owe the imaging another $480. And now you owe, you know, the physician another $480. That's all showing up on your credit record. So you as an individual may have three, four, five thousand $5,000 in medical debt. Um, so like I said, that, that statistic right there is really, you know, really glaring. Um, the other one here that um, I, I definitely like to bring up was as of uh, 2021, 58% of all debt that was in collections was medical debt. That's making medical debt the most common debt on medical records. And that's by a far stretch. I think the next um, the, the next one was consumer credit cards, which was showing up at like 19 to 20%. So it, it's definitely um, kind of the leader in the clubhouse there at 58%. Um, and that's actually something that's relatively new. Um, I would say if you if you rewind maybe 10, 15 years ago, um, medical debt just didn't go to collections. The hospitals would um, they would write it off. You know, if you went into the hospital and you had, you know, a two thousand dollar bill that you couldn't pay. You know, they had care pools. They had all these other things. They would just write it off as, as an uncollectible debt. Um, what's happening now um, and we're going to go into some details again um, later on. But what's happening now is that debt collection agencies are buying up medical debt at a staggering record because instead of it becoming an uncollectible debt what ends up happening is these credit companies they come in and they buy it for pennies on the dollar so they would go and buy a thousand dollars of medical debt for a hundred bucks and so now all of a sudden you get the notice in from the credit agency you know a lot of times it's in like this bright pink envelope it's a really getting your attention we, we've all kind of seen these collection notices right and so it's coming to you it's getting your your attention and they're saying hey listen you know we know you owe a thousand dollars we'll take 500 right great bargain you just saved 50 percent on your medical bill thing is they just made 400 percent profit because they bought that for 100 bucks right and so this is happening all the time um so really what we want to start thinking of and we'll get into details on how you can do it um, but really negotiating that debt yourself. You know, if you have $1,000 in medical debt with a, with a hospital or a, or a provider, you can negotiate that yourself. You know, maybe you don't have, you know, the, the wherewithal to pay that 1000 but if you can go in there and you can pay 250 300 400 and you go in there and just say, hey, listen, I can give you 400 today, or we can pay, you know, five bucks a month for the next four years. Um, and that's actually something I actually did myself. Tell you a, a quick little story. Um, I had gone in a couple of years back for uh, for a colonoscopy, and it was a deductible expense. I knew what I, I knew what I was getting into. Again, I, I'm in this business, so I kind of have some insider knowledge. So I knew what I was getting into myself. Um, so I knew what my costs were up front, and I knew I had the ability to kind of negotiate it on the back end if I wanted to. 
Um, so I had a $2,000 deductible on my plan. So I go in, I know the total cost is colonoscopy is going to cost me $2,000 out of my pocket. Um, so we go in, you know, I get the procedure done. Um, the bills start rolling in maybe about a month later. You know, I start getting in the bill for the facility. I get a bill from the anesthesiologist. I get a bill in from, you know, the, the, this provider, that provider. A lot of it's covered, um, but the facility and the anesthesiologist were the big bills. Um, so I call up the facility and I say, hey, listen, you know, I got this $1,000 bill in. I actually can't pay it today. Um, I can pay you $500 today um, or we can, you can just bill me and I'll give you $10, $15 a month until it's paid off. And they said, hey, listen, Steve, we'll, we'll take the 500 today which was great, so I do it. So I get a bill from the anesthesiologist, which was actually $1,500, um, which we'll talk about anesthesiologists at another point in time too, because uh, you know 90% of the time they are not you know contracted with your, um, with your health insurance, because they don't have to be. What are you gonna do? Tell them, um, I'll get the surgery, but we'll forego the anesthesia? No, you're not gonna say that, you know? So they, they kind of have you. So they bill kind of what they want. They have an agreement with the, um, with the insurance companies that kind of pay as bills. So I get this bill for $1,500. And so I call the anesthesia's office. I said, hey, listen, I again, I can give you, I split it in half, $750. I can give you that today and we'll call it a, a, a day. We'll, we'll be done with it. Or, you know, you can just bill me and I'll pay 10 bucks a month uh, until it's paid off. And they said, no, no, we'll, we'll bill you. So I get the bill and I send them a check for $10. Now I could have paid it on my FSA or, you know, whatnot, but I wanted to make it as, we'll say as difficult as possible for them. So I mailed the check. I didn't give them a credit, you know, so they would have to, you know, deposit the check to go through all that process. Um, so I did that for a few months, you know, total paid to them was $30. And then I call them up again. And I say, Hey, listen, you know, I have this debt with you guys. I'm paying, I can give you $700 right now. I already paid 30. I can give you 700 right now. We can just keep up and, or I can just pay you the, the 10 a month. And they took the 700. So, I mean, these are all kind of tricks along the way that you can do. I mean, is it always going to work? No. Does anything ever always work? No, but it's, it's definitely an approach you could take if you have some medical debt, because guess what? If you don't pay it, you know, a credit agency is going to come up and, uh, or a creditor is, they're going to come up and they're going to buy that debt for a lot less than what you're willing to pay. So, um, you can take that route. Uh, so going back to this, I mean, some of the, you know, past due medical debt reported on consumer reporting companies. Um, this is something again, that it never was problematic up until recently where medical debt was actually impacting your credit rating. Um, so now that it's now that these debtors, these, these credit agencies or whatever you want to call them, um, now that they're purchasing this debt, it's not hospital debt. It's, it's now in collections. Uh, it's showing up and it's lowering your credit score. I mean, and this can really be a, be a problem. I mean, we see statistics where it's actually um, keeping people from being able to buy homes. Um, I was actually, I talked to a, um, a commercial lender for a local bank. He and I were having a conversation a couple months ago and I was telling him about um, what I was going to be doing. And he was just like, oh, you know, Steve, this is, you know, it's great that you're doing this. You're trying to educate people. He's like, I actually had a woman come into my office um, had already been turned down for a loan to open a business. Um, she was actually, she had been working for a, um, a, a business for, you know, 15, 20 years. And the owner was actually looking to sell it. And this individual wanted to buy it, but she had medical debt on her, on her credit reporting. So the bigger banks kept turning her down. Um, he's like, you know, we were a smaller bank. We were able to understand her story. 
Um, and we were able to give her the money that, that she needed to purchase that company. But now you see what I'm saying. It's like medical debt never used to show up on your credit report and it would have never had this impact. This individual almost couldn't buy you know, a business that she had been working on. I mean, this is, I mean, that's kind of the American dream, right? We want to be able to do these things. So um, this medical debt is getting in the way. Um, and going back to that Consumer Financial Protection Bureau uh, report, um, one of the findings um, was that, that, you know, minorities are actually impacted by this more. Black and Hispanic families um, are, are impacted more by medical debt than, um, than others. So um, older adults and actually veterans also were heavily impacted by medical debt. Um, and so, like I said, I mean, it's it, looking at all these statistics, it's, it paints a bleak picture. It really does. Um, and it bothers me and it always has. And I think based on, you know, some of the, you know, information that I shared in the last podcast about kind of who I am, that's why we're out here doing what we're doing. Um, we are, you know, we live in, in America. We're supposedly have one of the best systems out there, one of the best healthcare systems. And we do, we have access to world-class healthcare. Um, we spend more money per capita on healthcare than any other developed country in the world. Um, yet our outcomes are, are some of the worst, you know, our life expectancy continues to go down. Um, and a lot of that is some of these factors that I say where we're creating a, um, a financial burden and people are, are not accessing, um, care. They're not getting the care that they need. Um, and so a couple things that I just want to bring in, I know I told you some stories about, you know, kind of negotiating, you know, that's something that, um, you should be doing on an ongoing basis. You know, if you have a large medical bill, um, question everything reach out to everybody that you can. You get a $1,000 bill, $2,000 bill, question it. Call your health insurance company. Call the provider. Um, if you have access to your human resources, you know, individual within your company, ask that individual. Um, reach out to anybody who, anybody who can help. There are advocacy groups out there that you can reach out to, but question everything because there is a good chance that you don't have to pay or there are ways around that. Um, the other thing is I want to bring up, um, is flexible spending accounts. So if you do have access to this, um, at your employer, I would urge you to take advantage of a flexible spending account. Um, it's a great, great way to put money aside to help pay for unexpected or even expected medical costs or, or dental costs or vision costs. Um, there's a ton of over the counter type medications that, that you can pay for. Um, and, uh, and if you don't have it again, reach out to your, your human resources professional, whoever runs your benefits within your company and ask, um, they're relatively, um, low administrative fees and it, it is just a great benefit to offering this and, and to taking advantage. Um, but the first and foremost, the, the advantage to it is that it's tax free money, right? So you're taking money out of your paycheck on a, on a weekly or a biweekly, whenever you get paid, you're taking it out of your, your paycheck on, on that basis and it's tax free, right? So if you're in a moderate tax bracket, you're already saving 25% on the cost of care. So if you go out and something costs a hundred dollars, you got to earn a hundred to spend a hundred versus earning 125, 130 to spend a hundred. So that tax break right there is definitely something that is worth its weight in gold. The other thing about a flexible spending account that I always want to make sure we talk about when we talk about a flexible spending account is whatever you say you're going to put in that for that year is available to you day one. 
So if on January 1st, you're going through your, your company's open enrollment period and you're gonna enroll in a flexible spending account and you say, I'm gonna put $1,000 in that. Now you're gonna get like 25 bucks, $30 taken out of your paycheck, right? But if something happened on January 5th and you needed that $1,000 to pay for medical care, it's all available to you. You don't have to accrue it to spend it. Now, the money's gonna continue coming out of your paycheck throughout the course of the year, um, but that's definitely, um, it's definitely a way for you to kind of put money aside um, and, and plan for it. Um, the other thing is, um, if you are in a company or you've purchased on your own a qualified high deductible plan, where you can put in health savings account in, and don't get wrapped up in some of this terminology. One of the later podcast episodes, I'm really gonna do a deep dive into medical terminology um, and, and help you understand a lot of what I'm saying better. Um, but a health savings account operates very similar to a flexible spending account, um, except for you, you're, that money you put in accumulates year after year after year, and it sits in a savings account. So there's interest bearing, It's I mean, it's not huge interest, but it's still something. You put it in tax-free, it grows tax-free, and if you use it the right way for qualified medical expenses, it's never taxed. So it's actually, believe it or not, it's the only triple tax advantaged account that you can have under the IRS. So it's you put it in tax-free, it grows tax-free, when you use it, you're not taxed. Um, believe me, the IRS always tries to get there, so this is one where they uh, they let you they, they kind of let you off the hook a little bit as long as you're using it the right way. Um, the third thing I want to bring up is probably one that is going to be um, relatively new for folks, um, and that's a, a website called Healthcare Blue Book. And think about um, like the, the old Kelly Blue Book, right? When you were buying a car, I mean, it's you can still access it online too. But um, and you would you would search, you know, the car you wanted or the car you're looking to sell, and you put in all the you know bells and whistles for your particular vehicle, and it'll tell you what the average price is. It'll tell you what a high price is, a low price is, and you know, kind of gives you that average. Um, that's what Healthcare Blue Book is as well. Um, and it's you can go on the website. There's a free version um, where you go on the website and it can you know provide you some some basic information. Um, and if you need a procedure, what it can do is it can help you shop for that procedure. Right, so we'll go back to that MRI I told you about, or, or colonoscopy. You know, you know something you know you're going to be getting. So you go in that, you enter your geographic area, zip code, and then the distance you're willing to travel to get care, right? And then you plug this in, and then it's going to give you an average price of what it should cost, and it's also going to give you a listing of providers in your area and what their cost is now. Healthcare Blue Book is not an exact science, um, but it's better than not knowing anything, right? Because, you know, out here in uh, in Western Massachusetts, in Hamden County, we have access to three different hospitals, four different hospitals, and a bunch in various different imaging centers, and they all charge something different for the same thing. So if you have to pay for that out of your pocket because you have a larger deductible, don't you want to go somewhere where you know you can get that for the least cost? And it's not like you're getting less care, you know, especially when it comes to something like imaging or, or basic procedures, right? They're still using state-of-the-art equipment. They're still using the same equipment. It's not like you're going to go get an MRI from like some machine that was built 80 years ago where MRIs weren't actually even invented, but you know what I'm saying. Um, 
you're going to get access to the same machinery and a lot of times it's the same physicians reading the data um so healthcare blue book is another um is another kind of avenue that i think we should be going down when we're trying to you know access care trying to figure out um best ways to pay for it so um so actually, so we're going to get going today. Um, stay tuned for the next episode. We're really going to focus on building relationships with your doctors and what questions you should be asking to make sure that you're getting the appropriate care um, at the appropriate level. Um, so today I'm going to leave you with a quote from Pablo Picasso. The meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. Thank you very much. Have a great day.